Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah! To answer the question, um, Slee, last night was a Chipino dinner for myself. We went to an Italian place and I had a big bowl of Chipino with calamari and salmon and scallops and shrimp and clams and mussels and it was glorious nice and filling yet light and hot and it was just a, a great way to kick off a, a birthday celebration what's uh what's the deal with the bread um just so, kind of give us an idea of so what like happened a baguette with that. that was sliced on the bias okay. so you get the nice points at the end and you can and, and toasted perfectly just a little hint of like a garlic and you dunk it in that broth just dipping just that a, bad boy in yeah, there there were there were three nice hearty pieces of bread that came along with it it was, it was, it was a pretty good night it was pretty how good many night. pieces of bread did you have uh when you arrived zero and my children looked like they had been – they'd never been in a restaurant before, mm-hmm. that they hadn't eaten in weeks. They tore through multiple baskets of bread in a way that was alarming to the other people in the restaurant. Like, hey, have you not fed those kids in a while? Why have they each devoured you didn't a basket have one, of bread? In five, you didn't have no, one no, piece of bread? Not one. Not one. I had my martini, huh. and I waited for the uh, the fried calamari to come out. That was a little appetizer for the table. And yeah. then uh, – I had a little salad before the meal that came that was quite delicious as well. It was a, it was a, it was a fantastic what's, birthday. What's better than a good Italian restaurant? Not what's much. What's better? <laughs> it's pretty good. Like, well, uh, a good uh, Mexican just restaurant. This, uh, but, but let me use this as an example. <laughs> let me use this as an restaurant. example. But doesn't it seem like on some type of an occasion, right? I, I think I told you when it was my birthday, when you didn't say happy birthday. Uh, remember when I, I, I mentioned to you <laughs> – I mentioned to you, I said, I'm going to a nice Italian restaurant. There's something about, I don't know what it is. There really genuinely is something about just going to a good Italian restaurant. And when you get the good dishes and everything else, it's not nothing against all the other great restaurants. But there's something about a good Italian restaurant. It was fantastic last night. And th- thank you one more time to everybody that uh, reached out on Twitter and Instagram okay, and all right, all everything right. else. Appreciate right. that. ESPN Radio here. is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Look, let, let me be precise here in my language. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I, I want you to be on the show tomorrow. I understand why you're not. And you've got to get us jump on your, your Thanksgiving and everything else. I, I understand why you're taking the day off. Okay. But, but if you are going to miss a day mm-hmm. – Tomorrow's probably the best day for you to miss because this is going to allow DeMarco to come in yesterday, or tomorrow, I should say. And DeMarco and I, I have a feeling, are going to have a lot of Oh, you're going to kill it. Passionate yeah. ideas yeah, you guys about are going to getting kill ready it. for Thanksgiving. I think that we're yeah. kind of in the same lane right there. It's not even – it was actually – I didn't even request the day off. Somebody submitted for me that, hey, we're awesome. giving you the day off tomorrow. <laughs> This is not by choice. You actually have to take tomorrow off. Yeah. Well, okay. like DeMarco, get the hell out of the way. DeMarco and I, will, we will have you covered tomorrow. It'll be good. All right. Uh, speaking of DeMarco and the Rams, they have a pretty big game coming up on Sunday. And it, isn't it weird how you just yeah. get one week off in the NFL season? And it's almost like this – you almost forget about all the problems that you had. You forget kind of where you were. Forgot who's on the roster. You, pretty much. Because mm-hmm. think about it. We saw OBJ against the Niners for – a handful of plays. 
Yep. And, and they were more or less kind of meaningless plays other than the interception that he broke off and Stafford threw a bad ball, all that stuff. But two weeks of practice, being in the building for a couple of weeks, going on the road to Green Bay where you have to you play a very good team who's got a little banged up in their own right. This is a huge game for OBJ. This is a huge game for the Rams because if you win this, everything's fine. You're 8-3. and three. You're right near the top of the conference. You just yep. beat a good Packers team. If you lose this game, here's the here's the lead after if they lose. Rams haven't beaten a good team since they beat Tampa back in September. They've only beaten two teams with winning records all season long. The other one's the Indianapolis Colts, who are six and five. They're just kind of okay going along. It's a big, big game for the Rams. A game that they need to win. There's some desperation here, and I don't say that lightly. I really do believe that you you lost two games in a row. Um, you know, there's kind of defining moments in any season. Um, and, and one team can go in one direction, another team can go in another direction. Packers will be desperate too. They're coming off a loss. Um, Cowboys coming off a loss. You got a few teams in the NFC. We, we were talking about this yesterday, how there's no way to really understand. If I told you right now, pick a team to come out of the AFC, you're going to take a second. It's not. You're not going to just – it won't be a knee-jerk reaction. You're, mm-hmm. you're going to have to genuinely think about it. I think you could say the same thing in the NFC. Um Packers are desperate because they want to make sure they could play as many games in the postseason through Lambeau as possible. Um, and for the Rams, their own reasons, they're desperate. Part of it has to do with you've lost two games in a row. But I think what you said, Trav, you win that game on Sunday against Green Bay, you're right back in the mix. You know what? Arizona, as good of a season as you had, they're right on your heels and they still get to play you again. Yep. You lose that game. I, I think you're right. I think we start having a completely different conversation about this Rams team. And I, I mentioned this when we, you and I were doing our prep. I, I don't think the Rams are going to get, you know, I don't think this is going to be a 30-10 to 10 game. I don't at all. I think this should this should be a good game because I think they're going to understand how important this game is and the scope of their season. But you said, well, I didn't think they were going to lose these last two games the way they did. So sure. we'll see what happens. Uh, but I couldn't agree with you more that the more you really take a step back and look at this one, this is a big game for the Los Angeles Rams. You know who it's a big game for? Sean McVay. This is a mm. big game for Sean McVay. They, I they, thought you were going to say Stafford. Well, him too, but mm-hmm. I think even more so for Sean McVay. Because, look, if Stafford plays bad, we, we know we know how it's going to be, right? The, the the This isn't that much different than Jared Goff. This is the guy that was in Detroit. This is the guy that doesn't win important games. This is the mm. guy that's never won a playoff game. That, that thing will just continue to roll down the hill. But for McVay, it's very different. It's, hey, I thought you said you would fix it if you got that guy. I thought you said that was the problem. This looks exactly like it looked with the other guy. You told me you put all the blame on Jared Goff, and it looks exactly the same. We're in exactly the same spot you were, which is you're pretty good, but you're limited because the quarterback's making all sorts of mistakes. And like you said, it kind of depends on how it plays out. Yep. But also, what we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, let's throw a second punch. Let's see what let's see what else there is. I get it. You like to throw the ball. You like to spread it around. You like to go to Cooper Cup, and why not? It works really well. Cup's killing it. He leads the league in touchdowns and yardage and receptions and all that stuff. Great. But let's maybe run the ball a little bit. If you got a guy that's averaging five yards a carry on the ground, maybe we go there. Maybe you you try to establish some sort of, of running game along the way and not just be one-dimensional the way you were the last couple of weeks. I think there's a ton of pressure on Sean McVay coming into this, especially coming out of a bye where you've had two weeks to put yeah. together a game plan, two weeks to figure out how you're going to make up for the loss of Robert Woods. And, and I said it at the time. When Robert Woods went down, 
That's a big deal. He is a not just a good wide receiver. He's a good football player. Hmm. He does a bunch of things on your team that are going to be hard to replace. But at the end of the day, guess what? So what? Figure it out. Everybody has injury problems. Everybody loses important players. Everybody has to go and use a backup in a role that maybe you weren't expecting to. That's just life in the NFL. You need to figure it out because if it, three in a row, that's not just a, oh, we had a bad month of, of November. That's a, hey, what's going on with this team? This is all in. You have no picks. You've sacrificed all these things. You got the mm-hmm. quarterback that you said, and you're still kind of exactly where you were before. It's a big weekend especially as you said you know you lose your third game in a row coming off a bye you're supposed to be a Super Bowl contender we keep complimenting look at the Rams going all in look they're doing exactly what the Dodgers are doing look at the Lakers everybody's going all in in this city um I think this I think it's interesting the Sean McVay angle because he does have to show that he can adjust if you're somebody that is known as okay the guy wants to not just win he wants to do it his way he wants the ball in the air there's something about, Trav, and if you see these last two weeks, the way the Rams lost, there's something about sma- smash-mouth football. There's something about controlling the clock. There's something about time of possession. There's something about um, just having the ball in your hands. And I, I think with Sean McVay, that is going to be, I-, I think, one of the things that is incredibly important to pay attention to. Are, are you adjusting to not, I'm going to win it the way I want to win it, but are, are you making smart decisions that could control the scope of the game, could control the possession of the ball, could control how many downs, you know, giving your defense opportunities to get some rest because that drive took 11 plays and it hit seven minutes off the clock. Sometimes it's not about getting just 15 and 20-yard passes down the field. That that three, four-yard run that you out. were talking about, grind the damn thing out. Yeah. doesn't what, have to look pretty. What did, the, what did Tennessee do? They grind it out. What did San Francisco do? They grind it out. And I get it. Those prob- the, Neither of those teams, I think, are, are legitimate Super Bowl contenders, in particular San Francisco, maybe yeah. Tennessee because the AFC is just so weird. But I, I'll, but, I'll tell you but what. They, I, they I, found I, a weakness and exposed you and kept going back to it and saying, hey, yes. listen, you want to beat us? Then you got to stop. What, even though you know what we're going to run, we're going to continue to do it. And uh, like I said, you said it perfectly. Rams have not had this balance with McVay. No, they haven't had the balance, and I think if they lose on if if they win, I think we're right. Especially, it's so. This is how big of a game this is. Yep. If Matthew Stafford goes in there and plays well, and they sure. beat Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau mm-hmm. Field, they're the team to beat. They're literally the team to beat in the NFC because Tampa we've seen is kind of uneven. I know they won last night against the terrible Giants team. Dallas seems that they're uneven. The Rams would have wins against Tampa. They'd have wins against Green Bay. They'd have, those are arguably the two best wins. If they can go into Arizona on Monday Night Football and win that game against them, all of a sudden – they're a clear-cut team to beat in the NFC. They're at home probably in this scenario. They got the Super Bowl at home potentially. They're, everything kind of lines up really well if you win that game. If you lose that game, I mean, are we, what are we talking about at that point? It's like, yeah, here we go again. Now, now, now what do you do? I mean, yeah. they're going to make the playoffs. That's not the, that, that's not the line for this team. The, the line for this team is you're going to go to the Super Bowl or not. And if you lose that game, especially if you lose it lopsided, it's not a Super Bowl caliber team at that point. It's just not. Um, well, it's going to be fun, too, because, you know, the exciting thing is we get to see the Lions and the Bears on Thursday, which I'm <laughs> really looking forward to. Uh, but, by the way, I can't, you know, I don't want to skip 
to Sunday when we have such unbelievable matchups on Thursday. Really excited about that, Trav. I'm so happy well, the NFL Buffalo, New Orleans continues. Seemed like it had potential until Trevor Simeon showed up, and then Josh Allen forgot how to play football. That game had potential until about two weeks ago. It's like I, I don't know how to describe it. It's like literally on Thanksgiving where just take the the meal you're least excited to have, the dish that makes the table that you're least excited to have on Thanksgiving. <laughs> And oh, you have easy. to eat, and you have to eat a full plate of it. <laughs> no, that that's the NFL on on Thursday. That's I know. I know we got to take a, a quick one, but th- that's the question, right? Never mind. What's the best side dish? We all the potatoes are great. Stuffing the thing that hell no, don't get that anywhere near my plate. You have one of those. Think about uh, it for a second, because there's I, one that is at the I, very so top funny? of the I list I don't. For me. I don't think I do. That's the sad thing. <laughs> I, I don't think one. I do. For sure, and plus Emily has a family dish that was a family dish that wasn't a family dish that she just found out about. That's all coming up next. Stravensley, 710 ESPN. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. All right, Slee, let's uh, take our first look at Twitter of the day. A lot of different good tweets coming in on a whole bunch of things that we've talked about. This is from Jeff Story. He says the Rams cannot lose three games in a row against an offensive line missing several starters. This is a statement game for the Rams. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, 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 there's, there's no way that you can go in – that. There's no way to minimize the importance of this game. The only way the Rams lose this game and you come out feeling okay about it is if they lose the game, I don't know, 24 to 21 on a 55-yard field goal to end the game. That's the only way. Anything else is really bad news. I think, you know, I don't know about statement game. I think desperate. It's tough to say statement. If they had, if they're, let's just say, hypothetically, right, they're they're 8-2 right now and – Packers are eight and two, and you're really. I'm not saying that you're not going to make a statement if you win in Green Bay, mm-hmm. but I think what sticks out to me more than anything else, it's it's you're desperate for a W. It, you're if you're going to be in the mix here with Arizona, with Tampa, with Dallas, with Green Bay, and you know this vision that everybody had. You're going out there and you're grabbing Von Miller, and you're going out there and again, Odell Beckham Jr. and um, this vision of everything is going to run through SoFi. It, this ain't aside from a statement game, which I understand the thought process there. It's, in, in my opinion, there's also some desperation as well. Yeah, no, there, there's nothing about this that isn't a big deal. You're playing a very good team on the road after two crummy games in a row. This is a very, very big deal. Somebody, Duvel Jamison on Twitter says that when the slot cars got the working headlights, that was a big deal. Absolutely. Uh, there apparently, my Evil Knievel motorcycle is on sale at South Coast Plaza. I could go buy that down in Costa Mesa. So a lot, a lot of things are coming my way, Slee. Yeah, you're a Harley guy. So everybody, everybody gets it, bro. Everybody understands it. Uh, no, I, you don't know the toy because it's it's about it's about the size of a pumpkin, 
and it, uh-huh. it, it did backflips off your kitchen counter. I don't know what uh, you don't understand about that. that uh, why wouldn't you want that toy? You I think could I went drive through a phase. <laughs> I went through a phase drive. Remember the yo-yo? The yo-yo, I was like, I got to get one of those. Were, were you ever a yo-yo guy? I, uh, yeah, I mean, I've played with a yo-yo. I've been, I could do that thing where you whip it around around the world. I could do that trick, but that was about I could never walk the dog. I could never do that little rock thing back and forth. I didn't have cradle. any of that in me. The cradle, get, rock the cradle, that's it. Were you a yo-yo guy, on. Taylor? Oh, yeah. Had a resurgence in the 2000s. <laughs> I could, like, like walking down the street using a yo-yo? Like, what are we talking about here? Everybody had one, actually. Uh, mid-2000s. I would, I would do the cradle, walk the dog, a few tricks. <laughs> Slee, were you a yo-yo guy? Yeah, just rocking around Trader Joe's. <laughs> bah. You just hit somebody, Al. <laughs> That's that's okay. Weirder guy, guy walking through Trader Joe's with a yo-yo, or guy walking through anywhere with the bird or the snake on his shoulder. What's what's worse? Oh, I, bird or snake? No question about it. That's a living animal creature. That is, yeah, I'm a hundred percent. I'll take the animals a little bit crazier to me. <laughs> All right, so I always, I always wanted to be a yo-yo person, but I was a failure at it. You I still can't. No, 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 no. Really not too late. Not too late. We, uh, there's some tutorials online. We'll get you in this. We'll 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 work on this. All right. So, Al, you, there's really not anything on the Thanksgiving table, side dish wise. You're like, nope. You can just pass that right along. I want no part of that. I'm not even going to give a little courtesy dollop on the side of the plate. Nothing. There, there. I guess there's one or two more Middle Eastern dishes that I'm like, eh, okay. Well, there's no room for that. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna pack in as much food as I can, this is. Uh, this is in the G League, you know. This doesn't belong in the in the NBA in the starting lineup here. Um, dessert wise, I'm trying to think of what desserts that. I'm trying to think of what desserts. I mean, I I love pie. Pie is always fantastic to have on Thanksgiving. Uh, some of this other stuff that's maybe a little bit more healthy. You're like, not today, guys. Healthy. Let's not do this today. Is there is there ever a healthy option? On yeah, the there are. There's sometimes some that. healthier in options, and you're like, this doesn't belong here on on Thanksgiving. So there was this thing that my grandmother used to make that, and my grandmother was a very good cook. She she would make a bunch of wonderful things, but there was this sweet potato casserole thing that has like car that burnt mushrooms, not mushrooms, marshmallows on the top, where the like and it it was the sweetest, gloopiest, most awful thing in the world. And finally, we phased it out of the the Rogers family Thanksgiving. How does that happen? Really How do you phase it out? Is this like a side conversation no. where there's kind of a sit down after Thanksgiving? How does that work? No. It's one of those things. Okay, so I don't know. What's, we, we usually eat dinner, say, around 3.30 or 4, right? Mm-hmm. So you have the big dinner, and everybody eats, and then everybody cleans up, and then you get to the pan of the sweet potatoes covered in marshmallows, and there's one small spoonful missing from 80 gallons of sweet potatoes. You're like, um, why do we keep bringing this every year? And then finally somebody says, you know, nobody eats that. Why do we keep doing it? So that was the one for me. Apparently, Emily, there's a jello salad that I'm unaware of. Yes. So my mom and her sister are both obsessed with jello salad because my grandma used to always make it. And so my mom, that's the what only thing she always wants. So I don't really know because I haven't really had it. I've had like a little, but it's essentially like mint jello no, like with like yeah. some cream cheese yeah, stuff. What, what it, just, it does not it? taste very good. It does not look very good. It looks like puke. But my mom loves it. But so, why is it called salad if it's made out of Jello? I'm missing the salad <laughs> oh, component. Because of this. there's, I think it's like essentially like a fruit salad. So there's like some. Uh, oh, there's fruit in, in the gelatin. Yes. Oh, yes. So okay. So there's like some fruit and there's some. Honestly, my my mom just is obsessed with it, and I also don't know why it's called. It's salad, under so. a bed right. of butter lettuce. <laughs> 
Got some kale. Yeah, it's radicchio, butter, lettuce, arugula, and lime jello and cream yep. cheese. That yep. sounds light and refreshing and wonderful. I'm sure your mom is a wonderful cook, but that sounds terrible. Bro, I, you, I, can, I, you can have as much of that as you'd like. I hate the story about everyone breaking it to your grandma that her dish wasn't good. No, no, no it was long after she was no longer involved in the process. It's not like, hey, grandma. That's has- even worse. Like you, you already gone through everything. Why you got to tell her now? Let no, her, no, no, let she's her- gone. It's 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 not one. Hey, Graham, grab a seat real quick. We got to have a conversation. It's not an intervention. It's not like we were going. Hey, Graham, um, Gosh, your, dang your it. sweet you couldn't potato just pretend it. Just disgusting. throw a couple, throw a couple, throw a couple oh. spoonfuls on your plate okay. and just get rid of it. I think a lot of people out there know what I'm talking about: the marshmallows and the the sweet potatoes. But Al, here's what I need you to do: sweet potatoes, right? Orange, those orange sweet potatoes. Yep. I need you to puree those until they're just in this gelatinous mush. Okay. Then I need you to take every pound of brown sugar in your house you know and what I would have stir done. it into the mush. You know what and I would have done. And then go to the store I, and buy you. another pound of brown sugar and stir it into the mush. And then you're going to cover it with marshmallows and put it in the oven so it gets even. It's like eating just a mainlining sugar. It's awful. You know what I would have done if I were you? I would have looked into her eyes every freaking Thanksgiving and said, Grandma, this is the best dish here. This is the best one out of all of them. No. And I'd have kept putting piles on my plate. Now, granted, that's going to go to the trash, but damn, is she going to feel good about herself. It was not good. Not good at all. Um, Did you see that thing on ESPN.com uh, this morning? They were talking about where they think all the shortstop – because the, the shortstop market, it's, it's Seager, it's Baez, it's Story, it's Correa, and yep. it's uh, – I'm, I'm forgetting one other player. Uh, it'll come back to me here in a second. They pulled 20 people. They they mm-hmm. cover this stuff. They're involved in baseball. And the numbers on Corey Seager are a little alarming. 12 of the 20 people pulled think he's going to go to the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Only two of the 20 people pulled think he's going to return to the Dodgers. That Does that make you feel any like they're less likely to get him? Because when I see something like that, I, I do think there is – kind of an understanding in the industry of where these people are going to go, who's going to be very aggressive in the market, who might just be kind of you know, nibbling at the edges. If everybody thinks that he's going to the Yankees, I think the odds of him going to the Yankees are pretty good. I don't think this started with you know that, that article or that poll today. I, I think it has more to do with, for me, it was the moment Trey Turner became a Dodger. When Trey Turner became a Dodger, and I, I just heard so many different conversations from people and from Dodger fans, from someone like yourself that was saying, oh, well, this is, you know, he can just easily replace Corey Seager. So if Seager ends up leaving, it's like, damn, that's that sounds pretty – why does that sound so uh, – it, it was effortless to kind of hear that conversation. And I think for me that's when it really started triggering the, well, maybe Corey Seager won't be a part of the Dodgers after this year. Um, I think it, it, maybe that adds to it, a, a story like that or a poll like that. But for me, it's been months that I thought that I, I guess it'd be more surprised to see Seeger back than to see Seeger leave. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Pet protection comes free with auto collision coverage. Visit Progressive.com. Yeah, it was – the acquisition of Trey Turner was, was great because, A, he's a very, very, very good player. Sure, sure. But, B, it was insurance for Corey Seeger. It wasn't, oh, we don't want Corey Seeger and we're just going to let him walk. It was – Hey, in the event that he decides he wants to go somewhere else, that way we don't have to go into the free agent market. We don't have to try to get Baez or Story or any of these other guys. We can just go and we have our guy in-house already. And if Seager stays, that's fine too because we can play Trey Turner in some other places. Um, the, the further down the road we go, the more important I think Corey Seager becomes because 
if he goes, now all of a sudden you've got a very different – you still have a very, very good team. You go yep. around, you still have Betts, you still have Bellinger, you still have Turner, you still have Muncie, you still have um, – Will Smith. Trade, the other yep. Turner, Will mm-hmm. Smith, you Pollock. You still have a really, really good team. But the team could look a lot different a year from now if guys like Seager and Kershaw and Jansen and Chris Taylor are all of a sudden on different teams. Trav, do you, just point blank, you think Seager comes back, yes or no? No. I, you think, after, after reading that, I, I thought it was kind of 50-50 to begin with, and now I think it's probably less than that because but, somebody somewhere knows something. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not just totally in a vacuum. There's no way that they haven't tipped their cards to somebody somewhere about what they want. You know, you know how you say, well, it just kind of it comes down to uh, Trey Turner is a backup if Corey Seager doesn't come back. I don't know. I don't know how much I agree with that. I, I think the if you wanted Corey Seager – don't you just go get him if you're the Dodgers? Don't you say, hey, whatever the hell it takes, we would like. Well, him. I think now listen, will. listen. I, if, it, yeah. if it's if it's if it's apples to if it's hey, here's X amount of dollars from the Dodgers, here's X amount of dollars from the Yankees, and he just chooses. I, I really appreciate this franchise. You guys have been fantastic. We won a World Series together, but I'm I'm ready for the next chapter of my career. There's nothing they can do about that. But if the Dodgers want to go get Corey Seager, don't you think they'll go get Corey Seager? I think the first scenario you laid out is the one that may exist. I don't think they're going to get outbid. Look, if the Yankees come in and say we're going to pay him forty-five million or something crazy, then maybe the mm-hmm. Dodgers look. We just can't do that. But if it's the going rate for a, an elite player, right? And, and let's use a round number. Say it's thirty-five million a year, mm-hmm. and the Yankees say we'll give you thirty-five million. I think the Dodgers are right there with them. But it may come down to what you just said, which is. Hey, I loved it here. I won the World Series here. I won the World Series MVP, National League Championship Series MVP. I won, uh, you know, went to multiple All Star games. But I just want to go somewhere else right now. I want to try a different. There's nothing you can do, and I think that's why Trey Turner's here because they believe that's a possibility. It, it hasn't felt like personally for me that we are going to do everything in our possible power to make sure Corey Seager is a Los Angeles Dodger. Why, why, why not? Why, I mean, put a pin in that. Let's come back and we'll continue to do that. Plus, we got factor cap coming up because I don't I don't feel the same way. I feel like they've done everything they can to try to keep him, but maybe you see uh, something that I do not see. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. We've been talking about the uh, – jello salad a little bit during the break and it's 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 starting to really freak me out now i've gone from that doesn't sound like my thing to i definitely don't want it to now i'm kind of intrigued by the whole process i i kind of want to taste it to see what the whole thing's about al yeah listen we have a lot of unbelievable items that we could look forward to the fact that we're listing down the items that we are we, we like they, least. They're all family things, right? They're all those things that your grandma liked or your grandma's grandma made them that got passed down. They're, they're, yep. they're, they're just – some of this stuff becomes a little antiquated, a little bad. And nobody wants to say, hey, you know, nobody's really eating this. <laughs> but, eh, I guess that's what – It doesn't matter, too. Get. By the way, even if nobody no, it eats doesn't. it, they're like, oh, no. We, we, you know what? Let me send this home with you guys. <laughs> yeah, but- it's stuff that probably should have stayed in the depression. You're like, okay, when we when we actually have money for food, let's spend it on good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Time for a little fact or cap. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, 
marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. It is a cap. I uh, I have polled my family for some Fafner Crap suggestions, too, okay, so you might have good. some of those sprinkled in throughout. Um, so, up first, you prefer a small Thanksgiving to a large family Thanksgiving. Alan, is this Fafner Crap? Okay, so uh, I think this is fact, but I think this has a lot to do with whatever you're accustomed to. So, we always have large Thanksgiving get-togethers, right? So, there's a ton of cousins, ton of aunts and uncles, ton of family so it's always been really, really big. And then I see on TV sometimes, I'm like, look at that Thanksgiving dinner they're having. There's eight people. They're all at one table. <laughs> they're all eating at a reasonable time. They all look like they're enjoying whatever conversation. There's one conversation, maybe two at the most going on. So I think it's because, Chav, it's because I've only had large family Thanksgiving get-togethers. I crave the small Thanksgiving. And I think probably those who have small Thanksgiving dinners think, hey, let's just have a ton of people. I'd rather have a small Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, for, for me, it's cap. I prefer the big one because it's what I know. I, I've had – I mean, we've had Thanksgivings in my family. My mom comes from a huge family, and she's got brothers and sisters, and they've all got kids and spouses and, and friends. And we've had Thanksgiving that have 50 people plus at different mm-hmm. points. And – I like it. I like the chaos. I like everybody kind of running around. And, and like you said, Al, instead of one conversation, there are 60 different ones going on. You can kind of pick the one that you want to be a part of. Uh, I, I, I like that a lot. The only caveat to this is I assume I don't have to cook. I assume I don't have to do anything other than maybe clear the table, wash some wine glasses along the way. But if I have to cook, then it should be me and no one else. I'll get a TV dinner from the frozen aisle. But if someone else is doing the lion's share of the, the cooking – I, uh, I I prefer the more the merrier, for sure. What did you have for Thanksgiving? Uh, hot pocket. I had the, the broccoli and cheese turkey. hot pocket. It was amazing. Yeah. Turkey. It tur- the turkey. No, they ran out of that. They didn't have that. There was the only thing left was broccoli and cheese. Oh, no. No hot pockets for me. What's next? One time, one time my family tried to spring Italian Thanksgiving on us, and we're not even Italian. I was like, why would we even I like entertain that. this idea? I like that. It has to be the traditional Thanksgiving. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna anyway. to pitch the idea of doing a Thai Thanksgiving <laughs> for next year. <laughs> the whole point of All Thanksgiving right. is that's the meal. Like I can go get a Thai food or Italian food on on Tuesday in March. Uh, you, awesome. you, you can go that's do good. it whenever you want. That's good. <laughs> All right. Up next is a suggestion for my family. So you take Thanksgiving football in the backyard seriously. Travis is this factor cap. It's cap now. It used to be fact before. That's a good answer. Ba- back back when I was a younger person, a more athletic version of myself, and I could because I can throw a football. Right? I used to, I used to be able to throw a football. I could throw it pretty accurately. I could throw it pretty far, and I'd like to go out there and channel my inner Brett Favre for an hour or so. 
<laughs> right. I had a little Uncle Rico moments where I could kind of put it where I wanted, feel pretty good about myself. But the second it got to the point where I couldn't catch anybody running, I couldn't pull a flag, I couldn't get my two-hand touch, and I was just the fat older guy that was taking up space, that's when we're just out there to have a good time. So it, it is it is cap now, but fact a few years ago. I'm cap with you on this one as well. So, you know, something kind of a pet peeve of mine. You know when people say, oh, bro, I'm competitive at everything. It's like, okay, why? let's pick and choose what we're competitive at. Yeah. You don't need to be your niece in Connect Four. Like, it's all good. You know, I, I, I always find that very interesting. Like, oh, no, you know, I, I just don't lose. I, I don't care what it is. Like, Only relax. way she's going to get better is if I drop that last Connect Four piece on her head. Yeah. Re- relax. We don't need people in the backyard playing football against eight-year-olds. Um, having them hit the turf because you're trying to get a first down. Let's everything's going to be okay here. So I'm with you. Not that big of a deal. By the way, as fun as it was back, you know, my high school is just uh, maybe the half Eagles. a mile, half a mile from where I live. A lot of people go out. They play, you know, football on the football field. Whatever the case is, in today's world, it's not that big of a deal. If you ever go to the Granite Hills High School and see a football game going on, you see a tall left-handed guy slinging it. That's Ryan O'Coin, and just go, hey. You're a buddy of traps. That's it. That's 100%. I'm an, that's actually where I'm going Thursday. I'm going to go take a look, see if he's down there. Go check it out for sure. All right. Up next, my family will be staying in an Airbnb over the Christmas holiday. We're super excited about it. So you prefer an Airbnb over a hotel. Alan, is this factor cap? Oh, I, I don't even know. Like, fact doesn't even describe how much I prefer Airbnb over a hotel. Um, and it's it's interesting because some people are, no, 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 I want the hotel. I want to know that somebody's coming in. I could throw my towels on the ground, this. Wherever I go, I come back. Everything's all clean again. There's something about feeling like you're at home when you're not at home. And I, I love the fact that a kitchen is there. I love the fact that you can wash your clothes if you want to wash it. I, I I just love all that. Anytime you go, you know, use as an example, you go to Big Bear, Ottawa, you want to get away, you go up to a cabin, man, there's something about being in a uh, in like I said somewhere where you feel like it's a home. Airbnb all day long over a hotel. If we're staying in a place for more than three or four days, then an Airbnb is great because for all the reasons that I'll mention, you you checked every box. There's a kitchen. There's laundry. There's all the things that you want, and it does kind of feel like homey, right? But if we're only going for a couple of days, I wouldn't mind some clean towels and some clean sheets every day. I wouldn't mind somebody coming in there and pulling back the sheets and leaving a little mint on my pillow. I don't mind that for a night or two. I'm good with both. It depends on the duration of stay. But if you're doing like a whole Christmas break and you got a bunch of people, Airbnb is the way to go. But if it's just a little weekend and you just get hey, the hotel's not a bad I don't care if it's six hours, I'll take Airbnb. <laughs> you're going to move into the drawers? I do like that. I do like using people's stuff as my own things. That That's kind of fun. Like, where's your, What's, dra- uh... where, where's your iron? Where's the ironing board? I I'm going to throw a couple out. things in the attic here. <laughs> Where are you fixed for space in the garage? I got a coffee table I'd like to leave somewhere. Uh, that's good. That's All right. Good. One last one, guys. Did you guys see uh, Kyle Kuzma's outfit last night going to his game in, for the Wizards? I did, oh, yeah. yes. Of course. Yep. It was a, it was quite the outfit. So if you haven't seen it, you guys should check it out, uh, listeners. But you could rock Kyle Kuzma's outfit from last night, no problem. Travis, is his factor cap? Uh, cap. I, I, I have um, – a. Many, many things in my closet that I don't really wear, but there's nothing that looks quite like that. It was 
a giant pink sweater that went the the sleeves went all the way to the floor practically the hem of the sweater was almost down to his his knees i i i'm the first one to admit i don't understand fashion it's not my lane that i'm not cam newton or russell westbrook or guys that can pull that stuff off but that just looked like somebody that had snuck into their grandpa's closet and, and put on something that didn't fit much more so than a fashion statement Okay, so, I mean, obviously, no, I cannot rock. There's nothing NBA players <clears throat> can wear that I can rock. Even if they're just wearing a jersey and shorts, I don't even think I can rock that, okay? Uh, but I, I'm, I'm trying to think about this. I'm saying to myself, Trav, okay, why would Kyle Kuzma wear that thing? Now, he was all over Instagram, Twitter. I mean, wherever you went last night, Kyle Kuzma was there. LeBron is responding. Anthony Davis is responding. A lot of people responding. And I'm trying to think in my head, I'm like, is that a good thing? I think it is a good thing. Like for Kuz and his own personal brand, whatever the hell he's doing, the fact that he kind of dominated yesterday on social, I think he really thinks like, no, this is good for him. And even though as ridiculous as that sweater was, as ridiculous as it was that he didn't, you know, crack a smile when he's walking through the tunnel way when the camera's <laughs> good acting. Right? I would have cracked a smile. I've been like, I know, this is absolutely ridiculous. I would never do it. I don't care for it. But in a weird way, I'm like, this guy kind of kind of knew what he was doing. Okay, so I, I hear what you're saying. You're basically saying all publicity is good no, publicity. No, I, I don't agree. I, I don't say that because I don't agree that all publicity is good publicity. Um yeah, I don't because, know how to justify yesterday. <laughs> yeah, because that will be made fun of was. for a long time. That was that. That's what that was. That wasn't. Hey, you guys don't get it. That actually is a really clean, good look. That was, um, bro. You look ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Why do you have that thing on? That's not like Cam Newton comes in. He's got the the hats and the suits oh, and just the jackets. The man. Like I I don't get it, but I get I get what he's good. This was just something that. Uh, fell off the, the bus and got run over and looked terrible and should never, ever be I, I'm yet. not – definitely not the all publicity is good publicity, so I think – You changed your answer. <laughs> just trying to think yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to always think of him in a huge pink sweater that, you know, is six feet longer than his arms. <laughs> I think I changed my answer. Yeah, you, you probably should have. All right, so UCLA and Gonzaga tonight. Yeah, how about this? Number one, one number two. two. Right, but – Guess what? Whoever wins, great. Whoever loses, whatever. It doesn't really matter. Oh, it's a make or break of the season. <laughs> right. However, there is something going on with UCLA hoops that I think USC should be paying, paying very, very close attention to. That's next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Emily just sent some pictures of the uh, Jello salad. No, thank you. That uh, just I don't. I, Emily, I, you still you you've done a good job of trying to explain it to me, but I don't know if that is, is that a dessert item. Is that something that you eat with your turkey and potatoes and stuffing? Is it like a appetizer? Like what what lane does that thing fill? I don't quite understand. So I feel like it kind of lands in the same spot as like cranberry sauce. Although I, I'm not a cranberry sauce person, but I feel like it's the same lane. You don't like necessarily put it on like your mashed potatoes or anything, 
but it's on the plate. You kind of push it around, and then you slide, slide it off into the trash at the end of it. <laughs> well, I, I like cranberries. But it's versatile. That's good. That's it's good. versatile. It can go on turkey. It could go on pumpkin pie. It goes everywhere. That's the it, thing. This is one of those items that you can use uh, multiple different ways. It's the Chris Taylor of Thanksgiving side dishes. You can, yes. You can, you can put it yep. anywhere on the plate, and it's going to come through for you. Um, I, want, I want to get your finish your thought, Al, on – Corey Seager, and you said that you got the sense that the Dodgers have not tried to move heaven and earth to, to keep him. Why not? Well, it's more of a feeling of, and, and again, I go back to the Trey Turner point of this whole thing. Maybe part of that has to do with the conversation of listening to Dodger fans when we've been doing the shows. Maybe it's listening to, oh, well, that is our backup option if Corey Seager doesn't work out. And I, I bring that up because typically when you have a dude of that caliber, um, you know, you try to move heaven and earth to make sure that we're going to bring this guy back. It's not, there isn't a conversation. I know baseball is different than other sports, but it's an interesting one to be having during the season after the trade deadline. It wasn't, hey, they got to bring Corey Seager. Whatever they do, they got to bring Corey Seager back. The conversation was more, well, if Seager doesn't come back, you got Trey Turner. I don't feel like you usually have a conversation like that when, when you're um, when you're, you know, kind of have it in your mind that this is our top priority. We got to do everything we can. I don't want to hear Corey Seager of the New York Yankees. This guy is going to be a Dodger. I, I don't, maybe it's a combination of, um, listening to fan reaction and kind of this backup plan that everybody keeps talking about rather than there is no backup plan. Seager's going to be your shortstop. But that's that's exactly why I liked what they did. I, I hear what you're saying. What you're saying makes sense, but I love what the Dodgers did because the, the worst thing is, you're my guy, 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 and then he leaves. And now, and now what? Now, now I'm caught in a situation where I don't have a plan B. I don't know. I thought I thought he was staying. He did. He decided to go to the Yankees. Now what? Under that scenario, though, Trevor Story could resign in Colorado, and Correa is now, uh, you know, in Miami or wherever, and Seager's in New York, and Trey Turner signed an extension in Washington, and now I got nothing. I don't know where to go. I. I think that the reason that they added Trey Turner into the Scherzer deal was they had something in the air, some sort of feeling, some sort of conversation with Scott Boris or even with Corey Seager himself that led them to believe, you know what, this is not a slam dunk. There's Mm -hmm. a chance we could do everything we can. We need to have a piece in place to where if he decides to go, we just move him on over and all of a sudden we have a shortstop. I I like it. I I get what you're saying that maybe it sends a message that we're not all in on you. I don't think that's not the message I'm getting. I'm getting the message of we want to keep him. We'll pay top dollar, but in the event he decides to go somewhere else, we're not left standing there with nothing to show for it. We've got another all-star shortstop that we just move from one side of the field to the other. Dodgers getting Trey Turner is just another sign of a really, really, really responsible organization that is always a step ahead. You know, so I, I don't them getting Trey Turner. You t- you mentioned this when they got Scherzer. You're like, okay, don't mention Scherzer unless you mention Trey Turner as well. Sure. That's how big of an acquisition you it was. The batting title. No, I, and and there's no there's no argument on that front. But I I I just bring it up. I feel like. The conversation has been more about, and maybe maybe that's the the best way of looking at it. The conversation has been more about, well, if he's gone, we got somebody that will fill in his shoes right out the gate. When typically you have a free agent of that caliber, you're not really that conversation is not being had. It's more of what do we got to do to make sure he comes back, rather than well, if he's gone, Trey Turner is going to be there to step in. So we'll we'll see what happens. Listen, if if you think I just asked you, what's your gut say? Do you think? Is he back with the Dodgers? You say no. You think he's going to end up, you know, potentially with the Yankees? 
maybe there's a feeling that there's a reason why you feel that way. And obviously the Dodgers thought they had to go out and get somebody else to, to make sure if he is gone that they have a backup plan. What's so crazy about all this, Lee? The Dodgers could lose Chris Taylor, Corey Seager, Max Scherzer, Clayton Kershaw, and Kenley Jansen, and they're still going to run out a lineup that is probably going to be favored to win that division again. Mm -hmm. They're still going to roll out a lineup that's got multiple MVPs in it, multiple All-Stars, both veteran players, younger players, guys that are on the, the, the come, guys that are not. I mean, there are just so many different things that are going on with that team that there's no other team like that that could have so many different players leave, and you're like, yeah, that's too bad. I would have liked to have kept a handful of those guys, but we're still going to go out there and win 95 games. It's just that's how well-run that team is. It's also uncommon that you've been this competitive for this long. I I don't know how else to describe it. It's not, you know, at some point you would think, okay, well, Dodgers are going to, you know they're gonna they're gonna have a year or two like most other franchises do, and that has not been the case. And you know, obviously, like you mentioned, there it's a combination of it's a combination of being in a huge market, having a ton of money to work with, but you, you you're also incredibly responsible. You're you're not going out there wildly throwing out money. If, you know, use as an example, let's compare the Yankees and the Dodgers for a quick second. Yeah. Uh, Yankees have obviously they go for the the big names. They always go uh, big game hunting, and it's not that the Dodgers don't go big game hunting as well. But how they do it, how they get there, how strategic they are, how many players they crop up within their own system, it's a it's almost an unfair advantage. And when I say that, it's unfair because you're not only in a big market, not only do you have the money, not only is it an attractive place to play, not only do you have the history of the organization. You're responsible too. Like you're not supposed to be all that. It's the worst case scenario for everybody that's not a Dodger fan. The guy with the most money is the smartest guy. The guy that's the smartest has the most money. He's also willing to spend it, but he's not willing to spend it irresponsibly. He's also yeah. willing to shop at in in the bargain bin and mm-hmm. find some gems in there and turn them around. He also has enough new business startups that he can give you one or two to get one of your established ones going. It's just there is nothing that a team like Arizona can do to compete with that. There's it's nothing bon- that Colorado can do to compete with something like that. Is Bomber shopping at Nordstrom Rack? Like, uh, is He's not supposed to be shopping there. It's like, no, 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 just go spend wildly. You have all the money in the world. 